right, Amy, we are back for another session. Yes, we are, friend. It, se- it seems like it's been a long time since we I recorded. Know, but it hasn't. No. The last time we recorded, it was the election was just over. Now Thanksgiving is over. <laughs> yeah, it so is. maybe it has been a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How are you doing? I'm blessed, thank you. You know, just positives each day we got to look at. That's it. That's all we can do. Yeah, that's it. Sometimes it's hard. Yes. But once you kind of get into that rhythm of just looking at the positives over the negatives, because it's real easy to look at the negatives. Yes. Yes, it is. You feel better every day. Yep, you do. That's right. Got to look at the positives. And now we've got Christmas coming up, which is wonderful. Yes. But a lot of stuff to, to get done before Christmas. No kidding. A lot to do. A lot to do. Yeah. Um, I got to tell you, though, I am tired. You are. I am tired. There's been a lot going on for you, too. You. Yeah. You've got a lot. That's okay. Like, it's not all, it's not bad, but it's just, okay, we got to take care of this, we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to do this. Yes. That's all right. You've got to just knock them off. Yeah. Yeah. Then you'll be okay. That's right. It'll get better, friend. It will. Yeah. I love how you were so cute. You're like, I can't wait till 2020 is over. Like, everything is just going to reset after 2020. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. But I, oh, I, think, I think we all think that in some way. Yeah, but it's not going to. But no. that's, you know, it seems like the new year is always a fresh start. Mm-hmm. Like, it's fresh. It's like white. Yeah. But it's not white here. There's no snow ever. Snow? It's like 65 today. Yeah. I wish it would snow here. Oh. Don't you wish yeah. at least a couple times, like a year, it'd be snowy? Yeah. Like, it, yeah. During the day, maybe it would get to 40 degrees. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I'm not sure it's going to happen. Oh, it'll never happen. No. Unless we go through something catastrophic. Right. We could go to the mountains an hour away. Yeah, that's not bad. No. And then leave it there. Yeah. People back east are like, oh, shut up. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> 65 degrees Ooh, yeah if we lived in it we wouldn't want it no just like this especially being from california we wouldn't know what to do we would be mad (laughs) i have a friend that moved to oregon he's mad he hates it but then you know he doesn't hate it enough to leave and come back here no because it's a better place to live i think okay that's all right we're fine bloom where we're planted Bloom where you're planted. That's a great saying. Yeah. Bloom where you're planted. Hmm. You know, it's, it is what it is. Um, I wanted to talk about something briefly. Yes. Before we get started. Unanswered prayers. Yes. We were talking about this a few days ago. It just I just wanted to remind everyone that just because you have an unanswered prayer... It doesn't mean that God isn't listening or you're doing it wrong or anything like that. It's just that God has his own timing. Yes. So it may be that it may never be answered. And I can see how you may be frustrated with this, but it it may be answered years down the line. I mean, you may never know, uh, you know, because... You know, God's looking at your whole timeline going, okay, no, this can't happen yet. Right. Or maybe God's just still trying to mold you into this certain person that you need to be and you need to lean on him more. Yeah. 
So I don't know. I just kind of wanted to remind everyone that it's okay to have unanswered prayers. There's a reason for it. Yeah, there is. And maybe he answered it in a different way mm-hmm. that was better for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There, There is, think, some... Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. I mean, think about prayers when you were younger, if they were answered. It would be a catastrophe. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you think about it, so thank God he's in charge of it. Because like you said, like you just said, he sees your whole life laid out. Mm -hmm. All we see is right here. Yeah. So that was a good way. That's good. You know. We don't, we don't know what the future holds. He does. So we better, you know, thank God, you know, and if you say God to your, if if this is your will for me, Lord, I'm praying for this, but if this isn't your will, you know, let me understand, Mm -hmm. but I'm right there with you. So can you imagine some of the prayers like from when, like, I'm just thinking, like, junior high prayers. Yeah. Like, Lord, I just want to go to that Duran Duran concert. I know. Lord's or, like, oh, no. Please let me marry Dun da da <laughs> And you're like, oh, wow. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, you know what? There'd be trouble. Oh, goodness. I know. So, there we are. <laughs> yep, I agree with you. Yes. All right. Well, would you like to start us off sure. in prayer? Sure. Okay. Dear Lord, I know you're with me and love me. Give me peace of mind as I prepare for as I prepare for this time of study. Help me to focus on my Bible and notes. Keep me from all distractions so that I will make the best use of this time that is available to me. Give me insight that I might understand what I am studying and help me to remember it when the time comes. Above all, I thank you for the ability to be able to study my Bible and for the many gifts and talents that you have given me. Help me always to use them in such a way that they honor you and do justice to myself. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. Yes. Okay, well, we are on, we're at the end of Leviticus. I know it. Leviticus chapters 23 through 27. But let's do a quick recap of 18 through 22. Um, So the Bible spoke about forbidden sexual practices, uh, instructions for personal conduct, punishments for disobedience, how priests were to behave and remain ceremonially clean, and uh, worthy and unworthy offerings. Was there anything you wanted to add to that? No, I thought it was no. Okay. Yeah. All right, so then on to chapter 23. 23 Mm -hmm. was lengthy. It talked about all the different religious festivals. Yes. And there were quite a few. Yes, there are. Yes. And they all meant something. Yep. And there is a great chart. So in the, the, um, not chronological. Thank you. I was going to say telepathic, but you know what? (laughs) That's not it. (laughs) No. No. Chronological Bible. Um. It has a wonderful list of all the festivals and then what they celebrated and their importance. And I'm going to take a picture of it and put it up on the Facebook That'd be page. Because nice. it makes it so easy to understand. Yes. But let's talk briefly about each of them. In the introduction to chapter 23 in our Bible, it said, uh, Israel had several 
annual festivals that were designed to remind them of the goodness of God and the need to worship him alone. These were times of somber reflection, but they were also times for great celebration. The people of Israel organized their time around these festivals, so they were always reminded of God's presence in their lives. That's nice. Yes, it is. Yeah. So the... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Wonderful. The first one was uh, Passover and the Festival of Unleavened Bread. Mm -hmm. And... Did you want to talk about that one? Um, I just have, um, well, I have about God established several national holidays each year for celebration, fellowship, and worship. And much can be learned about people by observing the holidays they celebrate and the way they celebrate them. I just have, you have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath day. Mm -hmm. And he wanted them to have that for an official day for holy assembly. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and it, that was sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I just think we should do that, but I don't think any of us do. Yeah. I'm sure some people do. I apologize. No, but no, you're right. I mean, I yes, some, but. Uh, I mean, we're talking probably a minuscule amount. Yeah, especially in our culture. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's it's just very sad, I think. And it, it said, take note of your holiday traditions. What do they say about your values? In what ways do your celebration and holidays reflect your relationship with God? Mm. Now, for that part, I had a note. Mm -hmm. uh, the Festival of Unleavened Bread reminded Israel of their escape from Egypt. For seven days, they ate unleavened oh. Oh, No, go ahead. That? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. They ate unleavened bread just as they had eaten it back then in Exodus times. Yes. The symbolism of this bread made without yeast was important to the Israelites. First, because the bread was unique. It illustrated Israel's unique, excuse me. It illustrated Israel's uniqueness as a nation. Second, because yeast was a symbol of sin, the yeastless bread represented Israel's moral purity. Third, the baking method reminded them to obey quickly. Their ancestors left the yeast out of their dough so they could leave Egypt quickly without waiting for the dough to rise. Um, so next up, they had the celebration of first harvest. Did you want to talk yes. about that one? Um, the, first, the festival of first harvest required that the first crops harvested, harvested be offered to God. The Israelites could not eat food from their, har their first harvest until they had made this offering. Today, God still expects us to set aside his portion first, not last. Giving leftovers to God is no way to express thanks. Then next up, there was the festival of harvest. So they had the celebration of first harvest, now the festival of harvest. And that showed joy and thanksgiving to God for a bountiful harvest. Yes. Then we had the Festival of Trumpets. Yeah. Did you want to talk about that one? Um, the Festival of Trumpets used, they, most trumpets were ram's horns. Yeah. Some more special trumpets were made of beaten silver, mm. and they were blown to announce the beginning of each month as well as the start of festivals. That must have been pretty amazing, the I ram's know. horns. I know it. Gosh. And then I also had for that, it was a day of complete rest. Then there was the day of atonement. In Leviticus chapter 23, verse 28, 
do no work during that entire day because it is the day of atonement. When offerings of purification are made for you, making you right with the Lord your God. Yeah. Then they had the Festival of Shelters. Did you want to talk about that one? Um, it says the Festival of Shelters was a special cel- celebration involving the whole family. Like Passover, the festival taught family members of all ages about God's nature and what he had done for them. And it was a time of renewed commitment to God. Our families also need rituals of celebration to renew our faith and to pass it on to our children. In addition to Christmas and Easter, we should select other special days to commemorate God's goodness. Hmm. I like that one. Yeah, that's good. Maybe because it involved the whole family. Yeah. I think about communion each month when I think about that. You know, having communion each the first of the month at church. I don't know if all churches do that, but that's what I think. That's a great point. Like a special day to thank him, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, In the notes for that section, it said the God of the Bible encourages joy. God does not intend for religion to be only meditation and introspection. He also wants us to celebrate. Serious reflection and immediate confession of sin are essential. But this should be balanced by celebrating who God is and what he has done for his people. Now, did you have anything else for that section? No, I don't. Okay, so we're on to chapter 24. Um, In the first half of chapter 24, the Lord explained to Moses how the priests were to attend to the lampstand in the tabernacle Uh, near the Ark of the Covenant, and how the bread was to be presented to the Lord. And then the second half of chapter 24 uh, involved a man who blasphemed the name of the Lord with a curse. The Lord told Moses to have the community stone him to death, to show the community what happens when the Lord's name is blasphemed. Did you have notes for that section? The punishment for blasphemy seems extreme by modern standards but it shows how seriously god expects us to take our relationship with him often we use his name in swearing or we act as though he doesn't exist we should be careful how we speak and act treating god with reverence eventually he will have the last word Mm. you know it's it's similar to aaron's sons yeah god was really showing everyone Okay, this is how we're going to do things. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like with the blaspheming God's name. Yeah. You can't do that. No. I thought that was good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, did you have anything else for chapter 24? Uh, No, I didn't. All right. Well, we'll just boogie over to chapter 25. And chapter 25 touched on a few topics. Uh, The Lord gave instructions to Moses while on Mount Sinai. When the Israelites enter the land the Lord is giving them, the land itself must observe a Sabbath rest before the Lord every seventh year. But leading up to that, the Israelites can plant fields and prune vineyards and harvest crops, but the land must have a complete rest that seventh year. Uh, But they could eat whatever the land produces on its own, they they could eat. The year of Jubilee was meant to be celebrated every 50 years. So... It included canceling all debts, freeing all slaves, and returning to its original owners all land that had been sold. But it said there's no indication in the Bible that the year of Jubilee was ever carried out. I know. I've seen that. 
If Israel had followed this practice faithfully, they would have been a society without permanent poverty. Yeah. Hmm. And then in Leviticus chapter 25, verses 32 through 34, the Levites always have the right to buy back a house they have sold within the towns allotted to them. And any property that is sold by the Levites, all houses within the Levitical towns, must be returned in the year of Jubilee. After all, the houses in the towns reserved for the Levites are the only property they own in all Israel. Sometimes you read this and it's like, it's it's nice because things just seem so much simpler. Yeah, they do. And not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, complicated. Not complicated and not... Um, not so much law. Not, yeah. What's the word though I'm looking it's, for? It's not like not the government doesn't have their hand in it, or the law is not have so many stipulations. It's just black and white. Yes, it just seems like there's there's just so much mumbo jumbo mm -hmm. and stuff. With this, it's like it's black and white. That's it. Mm -hmm. Litigious. Right. That's yeah, the word. There it is. You know, during the Depression, I watched a documentary. I've probably told you this ten times. No, go ahead. But I watched a documentary on the Depression probably when I was about 22 years old. I was already married. And my parents lived through the Depression. And my grandparents lost their farm here. My, oh. my family were Volga Germans. Germans from Russia. And so... You know, I knew that they had lost their farm, and, and they never complained to mm -hmm. people back then. And they were very frugal people. However, I watched this documentary, and what I got out of it is the government did not help everybody mm -hmm. during the Depression. Everyone was poor. Mm -hmm. But th this, a person, one person in a town, they got a little bit better. Mm -hmm. They kind of kind of got a little bit better got a little bit good and then they helped their neighbor okay and then that neighbor got a little bit better and then they helped somebody mm -hmm. so the the people helped the people mm -hmm. and it came they came out of the depression so much better mm. without the government like this okay you know what I'm saying it was just bit by bit and everyone was helping everyone, everyone. else okay and again, that was so simple. Mm -hmm. Was it hard as crap? Probably. I think, do you think we see some of, oh, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Do you think we see some of that in 2020? I think we do. And I think that everybody tries to blame everybody. Look at the negative. Look at these people not working. Get in this net. You're Okay. Just help those you love. You know what I'm saying? Help, or help who you feel is on your heart. There's there's always going to be someone probably getting more than they need. And maybe one day they will answer for that. Maybe they won't. Yeah. But that's not your place. You're not here for that. Because, mm -hmm. like, um, I was thinking, like, in, in you know, your neighborhood, Say you heard, okay, well, Mr. Smith down the street, he lost his job because of COVID. Right. Well, let's help him out a little right. bit or let's give him a couple bags of groceries. Like yeah. I, I see more of that happening this year where, you know, little communities 
um, are, are helping each other or even like um, like ethnic communities. Yes. You know, they'll band together and exactly. be like, well, you know, so-and-so is having a hard time. You know, let's do this. Exactly. So I, I think people are... Don't watch the news. Don't, yeah. <laughs> you won't yeah. hear this on the you news. Won't. But I think a lot of people are helping a lot of other people. Right. And as we see in our little town, like that one um, little family-owned shop, Cup of Joy, helped the Armenian oh, store yes, yes. that uh-huh. couldn't pay their thing, all their bills for one month. They paid all the bills. Remember that? Yes, you told me about that. And I hear a lot of people at church going to shop at small businesses. They're yes. like, let's support the small business. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we're not trying to dog on the big businesses because everyone has their place. But to support those small businesses who really are getting the raw end of the deal in all this, my goodness, is so important. It is. Even if you just go in and, you know what, maybe you spend $10, $15. I I would imagine every little bit helps. Oh, Uh, yeah. Just... You know, anything. Yeah. Anything. And I don't know. There's, or, yeah. Or even if, uh, you know, if you can donate your time for that little yeah. business or if they need like supplies of some sort yep. to, um, to, to get up to code for certain things. Yep. Anything. Anything I imagine would help. Yeah. Cause we can either make this a bad thing or a good thing. Goodness. I mean, re- really, it's, it's up to us, but don't watch the news. Oh my goodness! Yeah, as we've said. Yeah, you. Yeah. I mean, you would think that. Well, I'm yeah. not even going to get into that. But no kidding, yeah. there's a lot of good going on. Yep, that's right. That's right. I'm with you. Um, did you have any notes for uh, chapter twenty-five? Um, I just had. God said that neglecting the poor was a sin. Permanent poverty was not allowed in Israel. Financially secure families were responsible to help and house those in need. Many times we do nothing, not because we lack compassion, but because we are overwhelmed by the size of the problem and don't know where to begin. God doesn't expect you to eliminate poverty, nor does he expect you to neglect your family while providing for others. He does, however, expect that when you see an individual in need, you will reach out with whatever help you can offer including hospitality. Mm. Um, Did you have anything else for chapter 25? That's all I have. Okay, so on to chapter 26. The law was very clear about the consequences for obedience and disobedience to God's commands. Israel had every incentive to obey God's laws, and they knew what would result if they chose to disobey. Uh, God lists the blessings that the Israelites would receive if they obeyed God's laws. I mean, these are pretty awesome. Yeah. Seasonal rains, fruitful fruitful crops, peace from enemies, and then they would be fruitful and, and multiply. Um, in Leviticus chapter 26, verses 11 and 12, I will live among you and I will not despise you. I will walk among you. I will be your God and you will be my people. Well, that seems pretty straightforward. Yeah. And you know what? It's straightforward for us too, but we're no different than the Israelites back then. Exactly. 
Um, did you have notes for this section? I had um, on 26... 1213. Mm. You want me to do that? Sure. Okay. I, it said, Imagine the joy of a slave set free. God took the children of Israel out of bitter slavery and gave them freedom and dignity. We too are set free when we accept Christ's payment that redeems us from sin slavery. We no longer need to be bogged down in shame over our past sins. We can walk with dignity because God has forgiven us and forgotten them. But just as the Israelites were still in danger of returning to a slave mentality, we need to beware of the temptation to return to our formal sinful patterns. Mm. You know, and then one of the other notes, uh, this chapter presents the two paths of obedience and disobedience that God set before the people. The people of the Old Testament were warned over and over against worshiping idols. We wonder how they could deceive themselves with these objects of wood and stone. Yet God could well give us the same warning, for we are prone to put idols before him. Idolatry is making anything more important than God, and our lives are full of that temptation. Money, looks, success, reputation, security, these are today's idols. As you look at these false gods that promise everything you want but nothing you need, does idolatry seem so far removed from your experience? I mean, nothing's changed. No, not a thing. Because remember we were reading about the kings and they never quite got rid of all of the uh, the pagan idols and yeah, stuff. never. It, it's kind of the same in our lives because we know what we idolize. Yeah. And what, you know, what we shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. And we never quite get rid of everything. No. Because we don't want to. No. Because we're, yeah, we, we need to, though. Oh, sure, sure. Did you have any other notes for that part of chapter 26? Not that part, no. Okay, the second half of chapter 26 deals with the punishment uh, for disobedience to God's laws. And God goes through an extensive list of punishments, but is still a loving God and ends the chapter with this. And that's Leviticus chapter 26, verses 44 and 45. But despite all this, I will not utterly reject or despise them while they are in exile in the land of their enemies. I will not cancel my covenant with them by wiping them out, for I am the Lord their God. For their sakes, I will remember my ancient covenant with their ancestors, whom I brought out of the land of Egypt in the sight of all the nations, that I might be their God. I am the Lord. That's just love. Yeah, it is. Now, did you have notes for that part? The only thing I had is this little sentence that said, Misplaced guilt is one of Satan's favorite weapons against believers. Misplaced guilt. So in other words, when we're feeling guilty about something, if we're forgiven, we shouldn't feel the guilt. If we've asked for forgiveness, yet we keep feeling guilty, feeling guilty, that's misplaced guilt right there. And that's Satan thrives on that. Yeah, he the, just keeps saying, yep, you should feel guilty. Oh. You should just, yep, you should keep doing that. We were talking about that not too long yeah. ago. It's like he... <sighs> Yeah, he's just a little naughty. He gets into the, all the little, little crevices. Little crevices and knows yep. exactly what to what to poke. Yes, he does. He just pokes at those little sore spots. In the notes, it said, These verses show what God meant when he said he is slow to anger. 
even if the Israelites chose to disobey and were scattered among their enemies, God would still give them the opportunity to repent and return to him. His purpose was not to destroy them, but to help them grow. Our day-to-day -day experiences and hardships are sometimes overwhelming. Unless we can see that God's purpose is to bring about continual growth in us, we may despair. The hope we need is well expressed in Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 11 and 12, where it says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. To retain hope while we suffer shows we understand God's merciful ways of relating to his people. Mm -hmm. And just, I love that. He's not trying to destroy you. No, not at all. He's a loving God. Yeah. Yes, he is. Now, did you have anything else for chapter no. 26? That's it. Okay, so chapter 27. So this is, chapter 27 is the last chapter in Leviticus. And it spoke about how dedications or vows to the Lord were valued. In Leviticus chapter 27, verse 28. However, anything specially set apart for the Lord, whether a person, an animal, or family property, must never be sold or bought back. Anything devoted in this way has been set apart as holy, and it belongs to the Lord. That must have been an issue then yeah. of people trying to buy it back. I know. Huh. I don't. I just had um, some people made rash or unrealistic vows to urge them to think about it first. A 20% penalty was put on those items purchased back by money. This chapter explains how very valuations were to be made and what to do if a donor later wished to buy back what had been donated to God. That's crazy. Yeah. I know. But they didn't think about it first, mm. so there you go. Yeah. Or maybe they were just in a desperate situation, yeah. and I'm not sure. You never know. Um, the other note in that section said one-tenth, or the tithe, of the, harv of the harvest belonged to the Lord. Members of the tribe of Levi, the priests and Levites, received no tribal lands. Accordingly, they were allotted one-tenth of all produce from, who, from those who did own land. This tithe was set aside every year and was taken to the sanctuary. Part of it was eaten there in a ritual meal. A second tithe was paid locally every third year to the local Levites and the much oh excuse me and the poor. Much of this was covered in Deuteronomy. The Levites then paid a tithe of what they received to the tabernacle priests, who used it to support themselves and maintain the sanctuary. And we were actually talking about this in what we're reading yes, right now. Yes, so, we were. Yeah. Yeah. It, chapter 27, verse 34. These are the commands that the Lord gave through Moses on Mount Sinai for the Israelites. Yeah. So this whole, the Lord is giving Moses all of this information. I mean, that's just beautiful, though. I know. He's just get, he's giving them all the instructions, all, all the things they can do, all the things they can't do. Yep. And did you have a note for that section? I had the book of Leviticus is filled with the commands God gave his people at the foot of Mount Sinai. For these commands, we can learn much about God's nature and character. At first glance, Leviticus seems irrelevant to our high-tech world. But digging a little deeper, we realize that the book still speaks to us today. 
God has not changed and his principles are for all times. As people and society change, we need constantly to search for ways to apply the principles of God's laws to our present circumstances. God was the same in Leviticus as he is today and will be forever. And that's the truth. Well, that's wonderful. That is that is Leviticus. That is it. Was there anything else you wanted no. to chat about? No. No. All right. So let's give out the information. Our email is basicbiblestudy19, the number 19 at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash mybasicbiblestudy. The website is mybasicbiblestudy.com. Now, next time, we are going to be reading Numbers chapters 1 through 6. I can't believe it. We're in numbers already. We're just floating along. Hmm. It's great. Yes, it is. And then I want to remind everyone that we have already covered chapters 7 through 9. Right. Because we're going through chronologically. We had actually covered 7 through 9 in front of Leviticus. Mm -hmm. um, so I just wanted to kind of give everyone a heads up about that. But next time will be chap Numbers chapters 1 through 6. And on the Facebook page, um, I, at the top, I kind of pinned the, the, the post of what we're currently reading. So if mm. anyone ever like is like, where are we? That's what, I'll put it up there. Wonderful. But that's it. It's been lovely. Yeah. And thank all this audience too. Oh my gosh. We're so thankful for all of you. It's crazy. It is. The places where people are listening yeah. from. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. All right, so everyone, we hope you have a, a, just a wonderful, relaxing, loving Christmas. Yes, we do. And we will catch you next time. Yes, bye-bye. <laughs>